Today we'll be talking about the conflict in Genesis chapter 3. Prior to the events of Genesis 3, Adam and Eve lived in perfect harmony with one another. They exhibited the love of God towards each other, and all of their needs were met. After they brought sin into the world, they became selfish. Their relationship to one another and with God was severed. Last week, you recall that after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes became opened up and they realized that they were naked. They started sewing fig leaves together to make themselves coverings, make themselves clothes to hide themselves. And that's when they heard God in the garden and they decided to run and hide. They've been caught with their hands in the cookie jar. They ran and hid because now they felt shame. God found them and asked Adam, Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now the best answer, when God asks you if you did something that you know that you did, is to say, yes. For some reason, shame happens to cause us to overcomplicate things and to try to justify ourselves. So instead of just saying yes or no, we feel compelled to explain our actions to God. Tommy Boy and Richard were lost, and so they pulled over to a gas station as they also needed to fill up. They agreed that Tommy would put gas into the car while Richard went into the gas station and asked for directions. Well, as Tommy got ready to fill up, he noticed that the car was pulled up just a little bit too far from the pump, so he couldn't reach the nozzle of the pump to the car. So he opened up the car door, got inside, and he started back up. Now, what he didn't, what he didn't realize was that there was a concrete barrier that was behind the car's door. And as he backed up, the concrete barrier nearly tore the door off of its hinges. Tommy worked diligently to fix the problem before Richard returned. Well, Richard came out, and seeing Tommy seated in the passenger seat of the car, he asked him, hey, why didn't you pump any gas? So Tommy replied, they're all out. Only got diesel. Better go to the next station. So Richard reaches for the handle of his door, and he goes to open it up, and the door falls off of the car. Tommy had a look of bewilderment on his face, and he said, What'd you do? Adam could relate to Tommy's predicament. He was covered in fig leaves when God found him. He probably looked a little bit silly in his first attempt at creating clothing. After God questioned him, he responded, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. So you see what happened? He shifted the blame from himself to the woman. Now we have a term for this. It's called being a tattletale. The last thing that Eve expected from her husband was betrayal. was for him to tattle on her. I think that we've all been tattled on at some point in our lives. 
And nobody celebrates tattletales. But sometimes the worst part of knowing you've been tattled on is knowing that you're being held accountable for something you know you should not have done. The other day, we were getting around to go to Carter's baseball game, and Jaden, Carter, and myself, we got into the car, and we were just waiting for their mother so we could go over to the field, when all of a sudden, after waiting for a couple of minutes, I said, Wow, your mother is taking her sweet time. After thinking about how bad that sounded, I turned to the boys and I said, Please don't tell your mother that I said that. Well, Melissa finished up. She came out to the car, sat down, and then Carter happened to be the one to spill the beans. He said, Mom, Dad told us not to tell you something. Adam told on Eve. So God asked her, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent seethed me, and I ate. So once again, the blame was shifted. Now it was the serpent's fault. Now the serpent was the tempter. Pastor Tony Evans revealed that the devil used the serpent to turn the creation order on its head. The serpent claimed authority over the woman by tempting her. She obeyed, and she fell. The woman then claimed authority over her husband. He obeyed and also fell. Humanity claimed authority over God by disobeying him. So all relationships were wrecked. In the hustle and bustle of the world we live in, we don't prioritize our relationships. We want power. We want positions. We want money and recognition. The Bible says that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. 1 Timothy 6.10 It seems as though we value selfish pursuits more than we value the people around us. So much so that we don't even recognize what qualifies as a selfish pursuit anymore. Jesus and his disciples were walking through Jerusalem. They had just visited the temple, and as they're walking out of the temple courts, the disciples are looking around and seeing all these magnificent buildings, this incredible architecture, and they start talking about it. But then Jesus interrupts and says that all these buildings one day will be torn down. Well, naturally, the disciples were curious, so they asked him what he meant and when these things would come about. And so Jesus told them about that, but also gave them a glimpse into the end. Within his description of what the end would be like, he also revealed what the hearts of people would be like. He said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Now, I'm no prophet, but it appears to me that Jesus was saying that the end would come at a time when the full number of believers have been called and sealed. As for the rest of the world, their hearts will be hardened towards God and unable to receive the gospel truth. The surest way to hinder the blessings of God's love and the spread of the gospel is to destroy human relationships. Believe it or not, I am old enough to remember when someone else would be waiting at the gas pump to pump your gas. Today, there's only self-service at the gas pump. 
and I understand why. We want things done right, and any slip-up is the basis for non-forgiveness. When businesses take this into account, they are aware that it only takes one mistake to lose a customer for life. Sounds like an irrelevant illustration, but is that not revealing of how our relationships are today? One slip up and I'm gone. A few weeks back, I mentioned that everyone's favorite topic of conversation is to talk about himself or herself. I think the same can be said about serving. We love to serve nobody more than ourselves. It's just kind of our thing. In John 13, Jesus taught his disciples, verses 12 through 17 read, When he had finished washing their feet, he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one, another, one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. In one brief moment of compromise, Adam and Eve put themselves first. As a result, all relationships were wrecked. Jesus has shown us the way to bring healing and restoration by serving and loving one another. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Again, my name is Pastor Bill Sink from Faith Presbyterian Church. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's sermon. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 in the morning. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.